Good evening, afternoon, or morning. Welcome to the G Spot with your man, the talent Gregory the Talented Drayton. Oh, I'm so glad that we are into happier pastures with this next episode. I have my man John Green in the building. He is representing us political nerds. And those who are just getting to know me, I am quite the political nerd. So I'm dragging some people along to discuss my nerdness and what better person I could think of than John. He has worked in the field. John, how long have you been in the political sphere? Uh, officially, uh, that was my first job out of college. So I graduated in 2010. So we're coming up on 13 years. Yeah, 13. Oh, such a baby. Look at you. Well, take take this time to introduce yourself to the audience and tell us, <laughs> I know you are a baby, right? Take this time to introduce yourself to the audience and tell us what you do exactly and what you've done in your past and that will be the catalyst for our conversation going forward. Go ahead. Thank you. No problem. Uh, hello, my name is John. I am 37. I am a DC native, current Chicago resident. I graduated with a bachelor's of arts from political science in political science from Howard University in 2010. Uh, I worked in public policy for the past 13 some odd years. My very first job out of college was working for Congressman Elijah Cummings from Baltimore. Did that for about three years. Then I moved on to the Senate side, working for Senator Menendez of New Jersey for another three years. Bounced around, did some private, uh, went to some private companies, and then ended up at the Small Business Administration for a while, doing disaster relief. Then I went to the D.C. mayor's office for a while, doing communications. And then from there, they plucked me to come to Chicago to work for a community development financial institution, CDFI. Uh, CDFIs are emission-driven lenders who put money into underserved, historically underserved communities, places where banks are reluctant to lend and reluctant to put resources. That's our job. Our job is to stand in that gap, to be a bridge between the community and uh, large financial institutions. Now, are you a direct lender or do you... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm the director of policy. Okay. Okay. I mean, so like... But my, my organization, we lend we lend business to business. So we're not lending to individuals, but we are lending to other businesses. Right. I don't want somebody to look you on the internet and go try to find you. Give me some money. Right. I tell everyone, I am not the money man. I am not the money man. I am not the one that yeah, has yeah. Money. You know, so many for many years, I was an underwriter for a major financial lending institution. And everybody you know, at the cook, I was like, Hey, Greg, give me some money, right? <laughs> it was like, uh, no, sir, I don't have any money. Please, please don't. Right. don't give uh, give me some money. I'm trying to get them the to give me money. I have the good, why I have the guidelines to help you get some money. <laughs> so, I can tell you who to talk so, to. <laughs> so, right, but you still got to have your ish together, you know, to get your stuff done. So, I was, so you threw out some very interesting names. And let's start with, you know, I loved. Um, Senator Cummings. He was he was the pillar of black excellence. Just what was that like? I've never worked for someone who was more community focused 
or someone who has such a, a deep love of people. Uh, folks would stop him wherever, and he would stop us whenever, <laughs> whenever to help folks. I mm-hmm. definitely remember being called at the gym because he needed something for a constituent. Office hours didn't matter to him. He would get accosted at the grocery store. Wherever people saw him, they knew they could talk to him and get some help. What I did for Congressman Cummings was two jobs. I guess, well, if we're going to talk about this Cummings story, I guess the beginning is the important part. I had just uh, graduated graduated from college in uh, May. And over the course of the summer, I was walking from Howard downtown towards Chinatown. And at the time, there used to be a restaurant. That is a long way, John. It is. But I used to, I like to walk. That is a long way. Um, For those who don't live in D.C. (laughs) Let me give somebody, let me give proper context. That's about five miles, right? It's a good walk. It's a good walk. At least four. Because <laughs> I, mean, I, lived, I lived in Chinatown, so I, I would not dare walk what um, D.C. Washingtonians would call uptown. I would never walk from <laughs> like that. That's like a subway ride, maybe a bus transfer. But what, just three three context, it's, it's a like long way. Steps. He's a walker. There you go. It's like three steps. Yeah. Away. That's a that's a hike. That they, well, people don't realize that DC is ten miles wide and eleven miles long. So, three miles is half the city. So go ahead. So as I was coming down, I, I walked Seventh Street, and um, my friend and I we decided to duck into a Quiznos to grab something to eat. And so I'm standing in line at Quiznos. I look over to my right, and I see someone who looks like Congressman Cummings, but I'm not sure. So our friend and I we look at each other. We look at him. We look at each other. We look at him. And he says, so you know who I am. And we were like, oh, my God, yes, yes, we know who you are. Um, so I immediately stopped him, asked him for his contact information. We exchanged a quick conversation, but I didn't want to, you know, hold him up. So that night I emailed him, just thanking him for taking the time. And we had like a quick a quick chat. He responds to me at like three o'clock in the morning. And I didn't realize that that was like normal for him. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that was normal for him because he would sleep in two. He would sleep in two shifts. He would sleep in two shifts. He would get up in the middle of the night, work for a little bit, and then go back to sleep, and then come to the office. And I was just like, "That's so strange." Okay. But if it works for you, it works wow, for you. That's amazing. <laughs> so mm, yeah, after that uh, chance work. meeting, he obviously if nobody's familiar. But if nobody's familiar with his work, he's gotten a lot of work done. Like so, that part obviously it works. Oh yeah, but um, so from that chance meeting. We exchanged a few emails and he was just like, so are you looking for work? Like he basically asked me if I was looking for a job. And I was like, yes, oh my God, yes, I'm looking for a job. So we went through several rounds of interviews, <laughs> a lot of back and forth. And he eventually brought me on in October from that chance meeting, I want to say June or July. And that began like a three-year career working for him, starting out in the D.C. office. But like maybe a week or two into my job there, he pulled me out into the hallway and was like, hey, I need some help in Baltimore. I need you to come out to Baltimore. <laughs> so I ended up splitting time between D.C. and Baltimore uh, the entire time that I was there. And for those who aren't familiar, the D.C. office of pretty much any legislative, uh, any legislator's office handles all of the public policy work, all the legislative work, while the district office, which is back where, where, where they're from, where they were elected from, handles the community, the community side of it. The casework, all the constituent services are pretty much handled out of the district office. So I had a chance to do both constituent services work and legislative work at this one job going back and forth. 
my work with Congressman Cummings primarily focused on financial services, particularly housing and foreclosure prevention, because at the time we were all going through a housing crisis, but Baltimore was particularly decimated. So every day my job was to listen to folks talk about how the banks had mistreated them, how they were working to keep their house from going under, how they were trying to do everything they could to stay on top of their mortgage. And that really gave me a good understanding of what my job was here. And it gave me a, a heart for service and uh, really sh shone a light on how important financial services are. I think people take it, take it for granted and just think, oh, the banks do this, the banks do that. Not really thinking about how financial services and how natural financial products work and how they can really benefit folks if they're targeted correctly. So that really gave me the trajectory exactly. for the rest of my career, working in community development, uh, particularly yeah. on housing issues. So interesting enough, what we do share that I spent a decade with a major bank. I'm not going to give them a shout out because most people think they're the devil. So we're not going. And then I went into government service at HUD. So you know, I kind of had that on that trajectory. And you know, the two people don't realize the two go go hand in hand. You know, right. and it, it's because you have to you have to understand financial products, you know. From time to time now, I work at a nonprofit that teaches financial literacy to LGBTQIA, people always forget the IA, but I teach financial literacy to um, people in the LGBTQIA, and it's super, you know, it's like, oh, it's a checking account, it's a checking account. No, you need to find out how much money you're going to be putting in it, what kind of interest, you know, all, the, all those things. So, after you end this three-year career with the storied um, Elijah Cummings, what you know, had a, the chance to meet him on a couple of occasions. What a wonderful dude! He was really a wonderful man. So he yeah, really great, generous, really generous missed. to a fault. Um, yeah, absolutely. generous to a fault. Mm -hmm. I've, I've never had a more caring. So when you went to the Senate side, Jay. Yep. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, do you still keep in touch with his family? Occasionally, I'll, I'll hear from some folks. Or I'll reach out every every so often. Some of the staff and I are still in contact, but it's it's definitely weird. Whenever I go back, I don't know if you're familiar, but he was chair of the Oversight and Government Reform Committee, and after he passed, yes. they ended up renaming the committee hearing room after him. So every time I have to go to <laughs> Rayburn and I pass by the building and I pass by the committee room. <laughs> I kind of have like a silent moment of reflection and it just kind of all just washes over me. Uh, and I'm just yeah. humbled by the experience that I yeah. was able to have coming fresh out of college. Like this, for this to be my first job to land something that was so impactful to what I'd be doing for the rest of my life. Right. Uh, it's amazing. And I, I cannot be more Correct. thankful for the opportunity. Amen. Amen. So to quote Joe Biden, that it's a big fucking deal. You know, it's a yeah. big fucking deal. <laughs> so, you know, and, and just even with my, and I spent, I don't know, a decade and a half in DC and you kind of take for granted the history that surrounds you mm -hmm. and, the, and that you're living and working in the seat of power, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and then you, you are lucky enough to participate in that. Like yeah. you are lucky enough to have your name on documents that will last generations or, you know, I was lucky enough to make policy and to implement policy that would, 
will last hopefully in a good way until somebody comes up with something better for generations and and it's not lost to me now that I look back of course um, I'm trying to figure out now what I want to be when I grow up but man, I'm thinking about going back to public service I always get that call nudge nudge from my former boss I'm like oh I don't know so how was it on the Senate side now the person that you work for on the Senate side is now entangled in some things so we're not going to get too deep into that I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to actually well we, we will be talking about no because i so this brings up another before we start talking about um your your time with Simon menendez i'm sure it was different a little more you know high profile maybe but with with working in the but i just something about the democratic party in general we were talking about before we started recording was what is it we always seem to have to take the high road, you know, and the Republicans can do whatever they want, whenever they want, at whatever time, just like with this whole thing of um, the former 45 is like, well, I don't want you to vote for the border bill because mm-hmm. it's not going to help me. And I think they're going to get away with it. You know what I mean? But if that was Democrats, they'd be like, eh, don't do that. You know, all this hand wringing. And then, you know, when special counsel heard the other day came out with his findings, he basically took the last few pages. Cause you know, I'm a political blurred. I, I kind of mm-hmm. read it. He took like page 250 to do like a political hit job on the president and you know the president came out forcefully and and some of um uh his people in his corner came out but what do you think is is behind that why why do we always have to be the gentiles and why do we always have to take the the high road and be you know this and that why can't we ever just have a smackdown and be like and get it done i think there are two different well, two, there are a few different ways to, to look at that. I feel like because the Democrats have put themselves in a position to be such a big tent party that you have to appeal to so many different types of people, some of whom are very turned off by those street tactics, I guess is the best way to put them, by, by, uh, <laughs> by people who uh, engage in certain types of behavior politically. And we also... And this is just based on this is just based on demographics, and this is not to insult anyone's intelligence, but we do have a highly intellectual, highly educated base who is looking for less of an emotional argument and more of an intellectual one. But I think what we have to realize is that the intellectual argument is not winning, and we have to come up with some really compelling emotional arguments in order to stem the tide. I think. We've been afraid to move into that territory. And you see some folks, I can't remember what's her name, Representative Jasmine, and I can't remember her last, I can't remember her last name, uh, who are not afraid to, yeah, to get in there and throw punches. Uh, there are a lot of, we have a younger yeah. generation of Democrats who are not, uh, not it's schooled in the same way. Uh, the older generation, the old guard, in yeah. terms of the way things are done, and like the idea of decorum and tradition those those veneers are coming down and people right. are caring a lot less about that and are more interested in just saying what needs to be said. Uh, so I think that I think there's hope for us in the future. Now I saw <laughs> it. Yeah. Is it is her last name Crockett? Yeah, yeah. Jasmine Crockett. Yeah. 
Absolutely. It's an she is yeah. She's a firecracker. You know, she's not she is not afraid. But I always um I always say that black women will save the republic. They always do a very good job at saving the republic, you know what I mean? It's always um um they always seem to, to even in slavery, they, they did what they had to do. And now with voting rights and in the sixties and even now, you know, they they get they get up and they get out and they make us vote. So speaking of us black men, what is the deal <laughs> with we are and I know this is just right and he laughed at me because you know what I'm gonna ask. Like the media is making it sound like and I said that because I don't know any they say making they're telling stories and, and and stuff like that to make it sound like black men are um, systematically going to turn their backs on the Democratic Party because it seemingly not have done enough for us. Mm-hmm. Where, where do you stand on that? What do you think the problem is um, inherently with us? <laughs> That's all I can think of to say. It's just, what do you think the matter is with us? I don't know if the, ne- the problem is necessarily the matter with us. I feel like the Democratic Party hasn't done a good job of really engaging black and brown voters in a meaningful way. And the candidates, the folks just aren't excited about the candidates. And that is a very real fear. Black women consistently show up and go vote. Black men do not. They go when they're motivated. Mm-hmm. Black women will go whether they're motivated or not to the polls. So that's that's really the thing. Like, what can we do to galvanize the black and brown and the youth vote to make sure people know that that their issues are being heard and that they feel integrated into the process. Mm-hmm. I, the party needs to get younger. The party needs to get more honest. I think that Joe Biden is doing all he can as a 80 <laughs> as an elder statesman of the party. <laughs> but I feel oh like... Oh my is, God, he's 81. But I, I don't think there's anything wrong with his age necessarily, but I feel it like is. visually he doesn't represent what it is that people within the Democratic Party, within that younger Black voters want want to see. I think with Obama, if we're just going to use that as, as a comparison, like his policies may have looked the exact same as George Bush, but visually he represented what the hope for the party was. Young, Black, dynamic, uh, engaging. Okay. Joe Biden is not mm-hmm. that. <laughs> Joe Biden is not that at all, and he looks like it. We're, and folks, and some folks are just going to go on the visual, just like every other white disaffected man that they've ever dealt with. So I feel like part of it in getting more black and brown folks engaged is having more black and brown candidates on the ballot and having people see them and be have them in places of prominence. And as much as I love Kamala. Uh, I think the issue for her is just what she did prior to coming here. And I don't know if she's been positioned well um, as someone for folks to be excited about. So it's, it's, it's weird. It is, but so, but in this case, 
we have what we have and it's right. the lesser of two evils I I often feel as though this is why Secretary Clinton was not elected. I think. Oh, absolutely. Low energy. Right. And yeah, and it's just, and I don't want that to happen again. I mean, that, that's the fear. I, you know, voter voter I, enthusiasm I, I, is 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 the main issue. We we mm-hmm. all have to do our part to get folks enthusiastic about this, and even if it's folks going out to vote. To, to vote not for Trump, that's fine as long as oh Biden. Re- <laughs> as long as Biden re- <laughs> and I, I feel like that's. Right. The, I feel like honestly, we have that's, to be. That's uh, the main draw. Unfortunately, that's uh, the main draw. Like voting the anti Trump. Right, but and I also feel like that. You know that is the thing that is we have to go. With the anti-Trump, because speaking of anti-Trump, he's the anti-Christ. As a former conservative, yeah, you know, I'm a little older than you, Jay. So when I when I started, <laughs> I hate to admit this in public because you know I have come full circle. But you know, I grew up in in suburbia. Yeah, you know, I grew up. Uh, my parents worked to death. They paid high taxes. And you know, I grew you know grew up in a culture where pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You yeah. know, you can do it. You know, and, and so you know, my 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 first foray was uh, you know the Republican Party was a bigger tent then. And once upon a time, the Republican Party seemed reasonable, but that is not the case. So yeah, but and then they, <laughs> that this is true, but the other thing is like, how do you reason with the the unreasonable? Like I feel like that's the thing that we are placing old ways onto new things. Like politics aren't the politics of even last cycle, even two cycles right. ago. It's all. You know, people don't care that 45 paid off whores and, and porn stars. They don't care if he didn't pay taxes. They don't, they don't. They just don't care. It's baked in the cake. It's already said. It's already done. You know, I don't know what he's saying because it's not, it's nothing is true. And I, 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 I so um, I host a, another live broadcast on Saturdays. So what I what I done was I stopped watching the news. Mm-hmm. And then I went for like two weeks and I went back to it. And I noticed that every other word was Trump, 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 Trump. They are gonna nip a nail when Trump goes away. And because I think they want to sell papers and views and clicks and and I think that's a part of it. I think um yeah. Trump being the boogeyman keeps them in this hyperbolic situation. What are your thoughts? No, I'd, I'd agree. And like media coverage of Trump, it's it's all over the place. And I feel like that really has to be a, a big internal struggle for media outlets. It's like, do we ignore it and hope it goes away and like downplay it? Or do we uh, feed into it and talk about him all day long? Because that's also adding fuel to the fire. And when we do talk about him, 
are we being how honest of a broker are we being about what it is that he's doing? Are we going to really talk about how unprecedented and how ridiculous and how in I don't want to say insane, but unhinged many of these policies <laughs> unhinged, would be, unhinged, right. would, would be. And just now, the idea of him just taking over the entire government from the inside and creating an, an autocracy like that, that should scare everyone. I want to be a dictator. I should get that on a t-shirt. Now, and so my thing is like, dude, like I saw a commercial during the Super Bowl. If you're listening to this, the Super Bowl was last night. So so this will be a, a month away. So you won't hear this until whenever. But I, there was a commercial for Kennedy. I'm like, who gave him money? Right. I was like, it was like $7 million for 30 seconds. And they only earned it once. But I'm like, where did he get a plethora of money to buy a Super Bowl at? It was something like Beyonce and Timu. I was like, what the hell? And um, I, it, I don't know. I, yeah. But I'm just like, well, it's, it's all a tax write-off if he loses it. But I'm just like, that that's crazy. But what's even crazier is... You know, all these people, young people that don't vote are giving these negative opinions. Now, I do want to ask a question. And the question is, who in the hell are these pollsters calling? Like, <laughs> I'm just like, like, you know, for the last, yeah, like for the last few cycles, we couldn't, you know, you can't, and you still can't, even in the, the, the midterms. Um, the Democrats kicked ass. Pardon my my French, but there was no red wave. There wasn't even a red nothing. There was just nothing there. And I think this cycle will be the same thing. I think it's it's a lot of hoopla about nothing. I think you know the economy's doing well. I think if it continues to do well, you know he can't do nothing about egg prices. He can lobby. The food people like lower the prices, but you know, typically speaking, if ham is twenty dollars, it's gonna be twenty dollars. Don't stop eating pork. But um, you know, with that said, how do you think we can make this better for black and brown people? Like, what can we do to excite us? Because you know, I am a blurred. You're a blurred. You know, everybody's blurred, but and blurred is, you know, a black political nerd. Right. We are blurred. And, and how how can you excite us? Because I, I have to admit, Jay, I'm somewhat unenthused. I love Joe. You know, I have time. I got, you know, to, to do some things with him when I was working. And anyway, he's great. You know, he was a great vice president. He's a great president. Like, he's done some great things. I mean, he's probably compared to FDR. You know what I mean? He's probably... You know, we're not going to realize how transformative he was until he's long gone. But shit, if Carter can live to be 100, why can't he? So, but how how do you think we get us excited? I think people need to see themselves and they need to see their issues reflected in whatever's going on. So I feel like a lot of it is just us talking about it and raising awareness and having those conversations and being willing to be in those spaces. I think a lot of it is the party, like where the part, I, I guess this is always, the, I guess the tricky part, where the party decides to spend its money in advertisement, who they get to uh, endorse them, who they get to put, who they get to put out there, who they choose to put out there and like the platforms that they take interviews on. 
those are always going to be like the key things. But the issue becomes like with when Joe Biden went to that black family's house, folks are going to complain about it's pandering. It's this, it's that, it's the other. And I'm like, yes, maybe it is pandering, but it also opens the door for a conversation that wouldn't have happened otherwise. So we need to talk about the yeah. things that Joe's doing yeah. well and what the administration is doing well. I'm super excited about everything. I thought it was interesting. And all the different things that are going to happen. You are. Hmm? Yes. But, you know, with legislation, everything is slow roll. You know what I mean? You don't feel the effects, what, two years later, three years later? The effects of good legislation. You don't feel the effects right away. Um, You don't feel the, you don't feel the effects of any of that right away. I just, oh my God. So I, I think we are feeling that generational shift. It would be nice if we could find something to do between now and then that would hit people more directly. But I, I don't know. I can't think yes, of something. There I, you I, go. Can't, I can't think of something reasonable <laughs> he could do that would stick long enough. Because he tried with the uh, with the student loan forgiveness, but they fought him tooth and nail. Yeah, and it that. didn't stick. Right. And folks are like, well, he can't yeah, even. Yeah, but he got he, some he of it. Done, do. Yeah. So I feel like they need to find something that yeah, he can which know, is submit his. And he doesn't have the luxury of a, of a crisis. So why isn't it? Well, he has enough crises. Yeah. He has yeah. enough. You know, he but has not, but a, nothing war, that he can a proxy war in the Middle East. Nothing he could directly put his hands on, unless he can solve the Middle East crisis. But I don't even think people care about that. And him getting tough on the border, they don't. That, they that, that like could work don't. for some people, but the Republicans are going to fight him every step of the way in terms of getting something done. So I feel like at this point, I think Joe, he's going to make that announcement next week. I was going to say, if Joe wants to make a splash okay. and get something okay. done, his only choice is through executive order. So they need to be sitting down and thinking about what executive orders we can pass that will get people engaged between now and then. Because Congress is is okay. We'll have a couple of hypotheticals for it. Is dead. Congress is dead, bro. There's just nothing. <laughs> Congress is in the same boat as the Supreme Court. They just they're just there as branches because we we can't figure we can't change the Constitution on that note, but. Some hype. So let's let's talk about hypotheticals here. So if you had a hypothetical candidate, if anybody in present day politics could run for president to be successful, who would you want that candidate to be? I honestly can't think of anyone oh, that, from the on, from the Democratic Party that I would want. I honestly cannot. Um, really? Everyone, yeah. One. I cannot. Oh, yeah. It. Nice. I don't. I, between someone who nah. I'm interested in, who I think could win, and just like checking all the boxes. I know a lot of folks are excited about Gavin Newsom. I don't have a problem with Gavin Newsom. I just feel like his track record in California isn't as strong as people think it is, especially when it comes to it like housing not. and. <laughs> it is not. Especially when it comes yeah, to housing and dealing with they have um, the the worse. Yeah, the so, other house, I was just about to say. And, and, you know, even though he has a, a huge economy to deal with and a huge state, but he, yeah. he's not doing it. Nobody, like the, the cat that's running in Texas, that's in, in him? No one's, no one's jumping. No one's, oh, no God, one's I'm jumping. Sorry, I'm 
that that I that would get me excited. At Ooh. one point, I thought it, I thought it would be Kamala, and maybe maybe it could be. I would be I would be definitely open to. No, I think that's America's problem, John. I think what right, I think that's America's problem. I'm gonna what, tell you the truth. I, I don't think it's Joe's age. I think. Well, no, I think the the reason why they keep bringing up Joe's age because they don't want that black woman to be president. Oh, of course. I, 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 honestly, I'm sorry. Right, that is so uneducated and, yeah, and no, not they, they, um, they a popular made, they made view. That a talk, but, they've made that a talking point on the trail. Just like, we're one heartbeat away from a Kamala well, Harris Nikki president. Yeah. And I'm just like, what does that mean? Like, what are you, what yeah. are you trying to say? I was like, these dog whistles, they're real loud. Yeah, like I she's not competent enough. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, but and you, Nikki, the crazy Nikki, part Nikki is Nikki Haley, Haley says, with her brown ass. Yeah, with her so brown ass. And, and no, she, she has no chance. She's lightly she's toasted. Elect- I love that. She's lightly toasted. <laughs> she's lightly toasted. She's um, beige, taupe, maybe taupe. She's not brown, she's taupe. And so, you know, like, uh, my family's originally from Benningsville, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Interesting enough, so is Aziz Ansari. And okay. they have a huge Indian population there. And it's weird because they kind of melt in with the white people. Mm. And some of them, like a C's, kind of melt in with the black people. So they get to pick. So she, de- you know, going to Clemson and stuff, she definitely got to pick her side of the 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 row. But why don't we ever see her husband? Like, I always have questions about that. I guess it's... I know, I mean, like you never see this guy, and, and then I was joking with a friend of mine the other day. She always looks like she dressed fresh out of Walmart. I don't know if that's a earthy, folksy thing that she wants to do, I but think it's, you know, yo, put some makeup on. Like, I'm sick of her ass in mom jeans, definitely. So she wants to be relatable. with all of this said. So you you have this great group. She wants to be relatable. She's not. She isn't a brown. They they still going to see her as a brown woman. I don't care, and she's going to get trounced in her own state. Isn't that when is that primary? I'm not sure when South Carolina is. It's like in a couple of Tuesdays, right? Yeah, yeah, it's in a couple of Tuesdays. Yeah, it's in a couple. It's like the twenty something. She's going to get trounced. I mean, Tim Scott learned his lesson. Just hopefully, he's learned his lesson. Wait, so can we get the noise? But right, Tim Scott. Oh wow, that that walking um, Fat Albert character himself. It's just really unfortunate that you know. I hope him and his beautiful bride have a wonderful life. Um, yeah, and sadly, Nikki appointed him. Nikki yeah. appointed him. So, and she he said has to be no to herself back. right now. And when she needed his support, she, he said no. So, he decided to I back Trump. She called him the N word when she <laughs> when was he like the N word? Just, just in, you know. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I'm, I'm so probably you're in this wonderful. Yeah, like I heard, I read somewhere else that somebody called Nikki Haley to put the pajama mama. I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of low. Anyway, 
That's crazy, right? That's crazy. But yeah. that's the party that she wants to be in. She she loves those people, and she does a thing. So tell so you're in this wonderful um, job in Chicago. It's still community centric. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's still community centric. So what's next? Are you gonna run for office? Say yes. No, no, I will never. Well, let me say no. I don't have any desire to run for office. It's too much. People want too much and you get too little back. <laughs> I've seen really great people be running to the ground by working in politics. So I don't know if that's oh. necessarily for me. And I don't have the desire for people to be in my business like that. <laughs> but what's next? I was actually talking to my therapist about this earlier today. I'm still trying to figure out what's next. I know I want to stay involved in politics and community development. And wherever that leads me, it leads me. But I know that Whatever comes next, it's going to have to be people focused. Like I want to do it because I care about the thing that I am doing. And one of the things I care most about is seeing folks flourish and develop. And housing and financial services is very central to that. So it'll probably be within that realm. But I deeply believe in what I'm doing at my current job from an advocacy standpoint and just like raising awareness about CDFIs and what they do and how they can serve the community because a lot of these larger institutions are not interested or not, or not capable uh, of serving communities the way that some of smaller institutions like CDFIs are. Like we know the folks that we're lending to and sometimes no. you don't realize how important that is. Yeah, but, but well, my no, point being, I'm not gonna let them my point being that, that just a lot of, I feel like what we've lost in this generation are two things, particularly empathy and trust. So we've lost trust in institutions. We don't really have much empathy, empathy towards each other. So it's super important for the folks who are intending to be good actors to really be good actors <laughs> and to like, you know, to act in good faith and really <laughs> by their words, yeah. like to do the things that they say they're going to do. Because so, really fragile. Right? I, so I believe, right, right, correct. Now I believe that larger institutions do have the ability, but the want is not there because it's not profitable. I think we're all talking about these kumbaya moments socially, but privately, and we do everything that to make profit, and there's nothing wrong. I believe in capitalism wholeheartedly. If you can mm. sell it, sell it. You know, man. But I think there's a portion we should worry about our brother. You know, we sh- and I, 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 I told the story in the beginning of the show where you know I, I was a conservative for a little while, but as I got older, I realized we are our brother's keeper. You know, and we should do the. I think if we all, if one of us does well, we all do well. Mm-hmm. I think that is just where we are as a collective. You know, Jay, I thank you so much. I have been dying to sit down. And you notice how I skipped over, Senator. <laughs> well, I, I thank you. And I, this has been a, a it was great burning my soul. <laughs> it's been a yeah, great conversation. I will soul. say, my, my time working for Senator Menendez absolutely, bro, was deeply memorable. I that's where I really, you know, learned a lot about financial services. And it's been a, right. a hallmark experience for me. I would not be working at a CDFI if it were not for my time at Senator Menendez's office. 
I learned so much from being just being there. Now, you did you live in New Jersey or DC at the time? Oh, I, I I've never lived in New Jersey. So I was living in DC. What's funny is that another okay, so you did another another black staffer another black staffer helped me get that job. So a lot of uh, one thing I will want to shout nice. out is that black nice. staffers are very helpful towards each other because we are we are our own community. Like we need to be helpful towards each other in order for any of us to succeed. Brother, I'm gonna tell you. I think I only know about four of you. <laughs> I just, just you're a small club, but happy people, just very yes. happy and joyful. You know, and, and I think as um, senators get younger, you know, real quick, I I was looking at Speaker of the House Emeritus Nancy Pelosi, and, and mm. I was thinking like she's ninety. Yeah. You know, and, and I think about people like Diane Feinstein who died in her seat. You yeah. know, what I mean? like wow, yeah. like holy moly, these people are old. And I understand, but America, if you, if I, if, I, if the Times administration is going to leave you with one thing, please, this is the last hurrah of that generation. Let's do the right thing, and then. You know, we can have somebody young, pretty, and exciting. And, you know, he's going to drive a red Ferrari and have a hot wife. So we need to be in the business of building succession plans uh, and staying in office uh, until we are no longer capable of of working anymore. This is true. Now, in closing, Brother Jay, my dream candidate would be Hakeem Jeffries. You know what? I could get behind Hakeem Jeffries. I never, he never struck See? me as someone. He See? never struck me as someone who wanted who wanted to to do that. But seeing him in this position with the the Democratic Party has really changed my mind. I will definitely say that. I would definitely be open to that. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of a barracuda. I like it. You know, he's he's the keeper of the gate. I think again, Speaker Meredith Pelosi did a really good job with grooming him. And I think he's doing a really good job with people that are behind him. You know, I think he's, you know, really good with the Jasmine Crockett and the youngins. You know, because a youngin just won a seat in Florida. He was like 20-something. I don't know. But it's really good to see those people come in. But, sir, I'd like to thank you for joining us here live on the G-Spot. Well, not Absolutely. live, recorded, but, you know, hey. Thank you so much. I will. Can I call on you as we get closer to the election <laughs> and Absolutely. we can calm some nerves, maybe? Because there's a lot of emails and correspondence. People are really nervous about this cycle, and all I tell you, all you gotta do is vote. Don't be nervous. Vote right and get your people to vote. Don't be nervous. Just go vote. Link up with your right. local party and help them out. Help them get the vote out. Because that's what's right. gonna that's what's gonna turn the tide. Just getting folks out to the polls, and your local Democratic Party Correct. is working diligently to do that. So, if you need a resource or somewhere to go, at the very least, is that where you should? Is that, is that where you? That, should, that's yeah. that's where people should start. Okay, is people should definitely start with start? the local party. Okay, they whatever will, your they, party affiliation is, check yep, them out. They'll point you in the right direction. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you for joining us here at the G Spot with your man Gregory the Talented, Mr. Drayton. And I will see you later in the year, Jay. Thank you. Take care. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. And I'm going to take care, sir. Have a great day. You too. Today's show has been brought to you by Bougie People Problems. www.bougiepeoplesolve.com.
B-O-U-G-I-E 247.com Bougie We Stand Also brought to you by Empathique That's Empathique.shop E-M-P-A-T-H-I-Q-U-E Dot shop Executive Producer Gregory T. Drayton Executive Producer Shelton Gilreath Graphic Designs James Albanese Intro and Music Angelo Outlaw Like this. Yes, sir.